Praise the Lord, everyone. Let's turn to the book of uh, book of Luke, chapter one. We're gonna read from verse five. If you're there, say Amen. One more. One more amen and I'll go. Okay, that's enough. Okay, it's good. All right. And uh, verse 5 reads, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the cause of Abia, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and the ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren. And they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest office before God in the order of his cause, according to the custom of the priest office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. My subject for tonight is God remembers his promise. God remembers his promise. Let's just pray for the word. Dear God, thank you, Jesus. Lord, for this word, Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you would encourage someone here today. God, that you would remind them, Lord, that your promises are sure, Lord Jesus. Lord, that you have not forgotten anyone here today, Lord, that you remember their name. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Zacharias and Elizabeth were both descendants of Aaron's, um, Aaron's lineage. And the Bible says that they were righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and the statutes of the Lord. They were childless and well advanced in years. Zacharias was a priest and his name had come up for him to go and uh, perform the priestly duties. What usually happened in those days was that Every six months, the priestly divisions would get ro uh, rotated to serve in the temple for one week. And in each division, the, the, the division that was um, elected to serve um, that uh, week, 
they would have to cast lots in order to pick one person that would go into the temple and to burn incense. And um, according to Bible scholars, this opportunities, um, this opportunity to perform priestly duties rarely happened, or it never happened for some of the candidates. Now here is Zacharias and uh, Elizabeth excited to go and do something that was a, of a great privilege. The scriptures remind us that Elizabeth was barren. She could not have children at all. And in that time, barrenness was perceived to be uh, the consequences of personal unrighteousness. In that time also, it was a big deal for a woman to have children. And um, something that had been carried on from generation to generation. I can imagine how she would have been mocked by her friends and uh, who perhaps felt they had mastered the art of bearing children. Um, imagine her going to the well to fetch water and the women around her uh, whispering and talking behind her back, assuming she did something wrong. Going to the local market to buy groceries and all of a sudden the place goes quiet because the barren one just walked through. For a man to not have an heir, it was also a big deal. Imagine Zacharias sitting down with his mates, playing checkers or whatever games they played in those days. And, um, and his friend, they start talking about passing on the inheritance to their children. And for him sitting there, you know, I can only imagine what was going through Zacharias' mind and you know, what What am I going to say to my friends? What am I going to, you know, what am I going to come back with and tell them, you know, you know, um, you know, someday I'll have a child. I, I can just imagine what was going on in his mind. There is a similar situation in the Old Testament. First Samuel chapter 1 verse 1, the Bible says there was a certain man of uh, Ramathim Zophim, I almost beat my tongue, but I got it, um, of Mount Ephraim. And his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zaph, an Ephrathite. And he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. And um, the Bible says that... Um, Elkanah went to the temple to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts uh, in Shiloh. And he did that every, every, uh, every year. And um, he, he knew of the situation that was going on in his house. One of his, uh, one of his wives was barren and the other one was provoking the other. And... The Bible says in verse 6 of 1 Samuel chapter 1, it says, um, verse 5 says, But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. And verse 6 says, And her adversary also provoked her soul, for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. Now that word fret can be replaced with the word rage or agitate irritate trouble and uh, penina gave all uh, 
caused all these things on Hannah. Whenever a brother or a sister is going through a trial, we should not be quick to assume that what they are going through is the consequences of their sin. Now, that is an open door for, for a hypocritical spirit and pride. But what we should do is go on our knees and present every concern we feel about someone to God. Pastor read from uh, John chapter 9 verse 1 this morning. The same situation the disciples asked about the blind man. Was that man's blindness because of his sin? Was he blind because of his sin or his parents' sin? But Jesus answered them and he said in verse 3, he says, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day that the night cometh when no man can work. See, for most people, at least me, we like to compare ourselves to other people. We look at how well off others are and what they have achieved and all the things um, and all these things and how God opened doors for them. But we never see the the suffering that people go through, the late nights in prayer, agonizing before God, and, and the sacrifices that they have had to make in secret. And um, do not forget the persecution that people have had to go through, the shame, the brokenness, the frustration, uh, the times of uncertainty, and so much more. But I want you to know today that Someone else's season does not mean that it's your season. The Bible says in Romans 12 verse 15 that we have to rejoice with them that do rejoice. And weep with them that do weep. God says in uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1, He says to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. It says in verse 2, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. I just want to go back to verse 3 and it says, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. We've all, when we all, uh, we all have, you know, two birthdays, the physical birth and the spiritual birth. Now, we're all born at different times. And we all experience trials at different times in our lives. Therefore, everyone at different seasons, there is times where God breaks us down. And, and at different seasons, God builds up new things in our lives but before that, he has to destroy the old in order to build the new. Just like Zacharias and Elizabeth, God made that same promise as well to Abraham and Sarah in the Old Testament. God promised them that he would give them, um, he would bless them with uh, descendants as numerous as the stars. Um, the name of Zacharias in its original Hebrew, it means Jehovah remembers. And Elizabeth 
also is translated from the name Elisheba, which means my God has sworn, or God is an oath. So here we have Zacharias, whose name means God remembers, and Elizabeth, whose name means God made a promise. So to put all this together, I'm here to tell someone that God remembers his promises which he made to you in your hour of need. There might have been a lot of critics for that couple in those days. They might have, have faced a lot of challenges. But the scriptures remind us that they were righteous and faithful before God. We all have, lo- we all have loved ones which we pray for. And what has been happening in our world today is a reminder that the coming of our Lord is near. And so for some some reason, some of us, some of you may have gotten a bit discouraged, worried about your loved ones. And might have caused you to be a bit fearful and worry about them not being saved and missing out. Let me tell you today, just stay faithful to God. And keep living for Him and worshiping Him with thanksgiving in your heart. Because God hears your prayers, your concerns for your loved ones. And uh, if He gave a word that He would bring back a loved one, He has not forgotten you at all. God remembers His promise. If God promised that He would provide for you financially, He has not forgotten you. If God promised that He will heal you or your loved one, I want you to know that God still remembers His promise. If God told you that He would deliver you out of a situation, He has not forgotten you. If God promised that He would save your spouse, He has not forgotten and He he is fixing to do it. If God told you that He would close one door and open another, He is fixing to do it. Praise God. So stay the cause and do not Take your eyes off what's important. And that is the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Guard your hearts and your minds because we have an enemy that is watching and waiting for every opportunity to destroy you and me. We must remember this very important thing. That the battle is not in the flesh, but it's in the spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And it says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So before we believe what social media is telling us about what is happening in the world today. Let us go in prayer and seek for God's opinion before we make any decisions that we might regret. Praise God. Praise God. The battle is not in the flesh, but in the spirit. And the only way to have victory is through through Jesus Christ himself. Romans 8.37 says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. First John chapter 4 verse 4 says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. First Corinthians 15 verse 57 says, But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory 
through our Lord Jesus Christ. And 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 3 says, But the Lord is faithful. God is faithful. Who shall establish you and keep you from evil. Praise God. Here is Zacharias, a faithful servant of God, excited to do something that he has waited all his life to do. But little did he know that God was going to bless him for his faithfulness. As he was executing the office of a priest and performing his duties, everyone else was outside praying and the angel Gabriel appeared um, to him standing on the right side of the altar in verse 11 in Luke, as we, as we read, it says, And the angel appeared standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah saw him. He was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zechariah, for thy prayers is heard. And thy wife, Elizabeth, shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. Zacharias prayed and waited for this day. But he is, here he is doubting the possibility of his wife bear, uh, bearing a child because she was well in her age. In the Old Testament, we read earlier about Abraham and Sarah also in a similar situation. Barren and well stricken in age. Zachariah, uh, Luke 1.18 says, And Zachary said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife well stricken in years. And then the angel reassured him and said, answering and said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God, and I am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. Does God give time frames on his will or promise? That's a question that we you know, all wonder sometimes. You see, when God makes a promise, we believe it and carry it in our hearts for as long as we can. But here's what we human beings find difficult to live with. Not knowing how God will fulfill his promise. We calculate and put time frames to the will of God. But in most cases, God never gives you and I a time frame. All he says is that he would do what he said he would do. He has not forgotten, but it's not your job or mine to do God's job because we are going to mess up things. You ask me and say, well, does this mean that God will no longer fulfill his promise? No, he will still do what he promised. But there is going to be a whole lot of mess that you will have to deal with. Because of your impatience or perhaps your disobedience to the will of God. Just so you know that this is not my opinion. It's from the Bible itself. Look at uh, Abraham and Sarah. They grew impatient and forced the will of God by having Ishmael with Haggai. God still gave them their promise, child. But they had to deal with a lot of mess afterwards. From Isaac came Jacob. And from him came the twelve sons, which became the twelve tribes of Israel, which then grew to what we know today as the nation of Israel. From Ishmael, when we follow the lineage, came forth what we know today as the nation of Islam. Your impatience and perhaps 
disobedience to the will of God for your life will create an opposition that will afflict you and bring you pain for as long as you live. Israel has been in constant battle for years and years with the Islamic nation because of something that was done a long time ago when Abraham and Sarah forced the will of God. Praise God. Let's stand. If I can get the musician, please. God still remembers His promise that He made to you. In spite of everything that you've gone through, in spite of the heartache, the frustration, the, you know, the uncertainty, God still remembers His promise. Psalm chapter 69 verse 3 says, I am weary of my crying. My throat is dried. Mine eyes fall, fail while I wait for my God. This is just something that we go through while waiting on God. But Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So I want to encourage someone here today. Do not be discouraged. Do not be weary in well-doing. Sometimes it feels like the last thing you want to be is in the house of God. And sometimes it feels like sometimes, uh, you know, you just want to take a day off from walking with God. But don't do it. Just be faithful. Just remain faithful to God because God is faithful to you. God doesn't give up on you. God still remembers His promises which He made to you. And He's working on that. Psalms 34 verse 17 says, The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. Verse 18 says, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth uh, such as be of a contrite spirit. Verse 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth uh, him out of them all. God says that he, he He knows everything that you are going through, and He sees your afflictions. And if you would just wait on Him, He will deliver you from, uh, fr- He will deliver you through your situation. Sometimes we want God to deliver us out of a situation, but God wants to deliver us through a situation. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Every promise that he made to each person in this place today may seem to be taking a long time. God wants you to know that the purpose and longevity of the trial is to build you up, to make a strong disciple that will stand at the door of his house and not allow the enemy to come into his or our house and to steal their goods. Praise God. Isaiah 43 verse 19 says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. As a desert is full of sand and not many things can survive there because of a lack of 
water and vegetation. For Zacharias and Elizabeth, Abraham, Sarah, Elkanah and Hannah, this may have been the case. When God approached Abraham and when the angels spoke to Sarah, she laughed because she could not believe the possibility of bearing a child in her old age. And so did Zacharias for his wife Elizabeth. I'm here to remind someone that God has not forgotten you. He still remembers his promise and he is fixing to do it. How is he going to do it? He did not tell me. But when it happens, it's going to be in a way that you did not expect it to happen. It's going to happen in a way that you did not expect it to happen. But God wants you to know that he still remembers his promise he made to you. So tonight, if you want to come pray, I invite you to come to this altar and just surrender to God and just hallelujah, Jesus, and just consecrate and just surrender yourself and reassure your, uh, your hope again in God because God don't want you to give up that yet. God doesn't want you to throw in the towel just yet. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we worship you, Jesus.